Well, now God has gifted us with so many different kind of giftings. Today, we're going to talk about the role of an artist and how it plays into mothering. Now, Sarah Groves is a 20-plus-year veteran singer, songwriter, and recording artist with a passion for justice. Since 2005, she has been an artist advocate with International Justice Mission. At home in Minnesota, Sarah and her husband Troy run a unique community art center, Art House North Troy, and Sarah live in Saint Paul with their three children, Kirby, Toby, and Ruby. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today, and don't forget to subscribe to the show. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood podcast, Sarah. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah, Sarah. Well, this is、uh, really, really a treat. I mean, writing music has always been a part of your life as a mode of expressing your heart and soul, and I'm sure working. Out all things because you're a creative person, and、um, since it has been a hobby as well as a career for you, how has the role of an artist affected you as a mom? Yes, it's very.、Um, I talk to a lot of other mothers who are artists, and I was just this week talking to a group of women who are also artists, and it's a very real dynamic、uh, when you are. I think for a lot of women, you are holding all these pieces together. So you have your role、um, in your in your family, and then you have this your own sense. Of yourself and in your own, you know, development and growth and those kinds of things, and you want to be growing yourself as a person, but at the same time,、uh, you are by nature a caregiver. You're doing this. You have these、mm-hmm. roles, and so I think for me, the challenge always before me is is integration or congruency, or to see these things all coming together and working together,、um, and that is the challenge. I remember years ago when、um, when my good friend Sandra McCracken, who's also writes worship music and and、um, and singer. Song is a singer songwriter, and she said, "I her fear about becoming a mother was that、um, there would be no more room left for herself as an artist." And、mm-hmm. and she said, "Instead, I found that the margins of my life, even though they were." They were pressed, even though they were smaller. When I went to the margins, they were verdant and green. They were full of life, and so、mm. she saw a celebration of life. That the life she was living was feeding her than her art and her life as an artist. But there are actual practical parts of that conversation and what that looks like to have time because we are finite. We're not.、Right. Uh, we're not infinite, and so yeah. yeah. So there's a lot to it, but I think that the I think the two can be. Beautifully congruent, but that's not to deny the fact that we are finite and we are making choices, and those bear out in real life. But I, I have attempted to、uh, work in the same garden, I guess, <laughs> not not compartmentalize. Here's my motherhood. Here's my advocacy. Here's my artistic.、Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so true because you know, like you said, we are naturally caregivers,、mm-hmm. and、um, and sometimes as an artist, you know, do you feel like there are moments of times where you feel like you have an artist block? 
Absolutely. And a lot of that can be the, you try to carve out some space for maybe art making or for, you know, processing the way you process. I mean, the way that I process takes a little time and space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I can feel the whole filling in with what I'd say to my husband, it just is the sand of life is just filling in the hole as fast as I, as I can dig it, the, the sand of life is filling it in. And I, I do think there's a real value even modeling for your kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm setting aside this space for, um, you know, what for someone might be stillness or, or like a time of, of study or quiet or whatever. I'm setting aside the space to, um, to, yeah, because for me, I'm putting together ideas um, that are essentially helping me move forward in the world. It's not just right. for like, just for the fun of it. For me, a big part of the way I process the world comes out through my art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like sometimes mom may face those complications when they're pursuing their vocation. But I also wonder how embracing multiple vocations enriches each of them. Just like you said, you know, you don't compartment compartmentalize <laughs> motherhood, um, your uh, passion for justice, as well as your vocation as a uh, singer songwriter. How are you a better artist because you're a mother and vice versa? Yes, I think that um, one thing I learned from Charlie Peacock and and his wife Andy Ashworth, they 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 founded the first art house in Nashville. And mm-hmm. Andy used to talk to me about the messages that we receive about about vocational things. So there are certain things that we do that we get a paycheck for, you know, and caregiving in general is I think tends to be the view of it and the messages we receive about it are undervalued because we're not receiving a paycheck for it. It's not not compensated. And Andy encouraged me to give vocational weight to things that were not vocational. So to think, I go into my art making and into my job, I, I bring all my creativity, I bring all my speculation and wonder and like, what could happen here and my dreaming and my vision, you know, casting mm-hmm. and all that. And she said, what if you did that for your for your parenting, for mm-hmm. your for hospitality in your home? What if you brought the whole of your creativity into those things well and, and gave them vocational weight? For a lot of women that I meet, they are they're doing motherhood really well. They have this part of themselves that is an artist. Mm-hmm. They they also don't feel like they they feel like any any money or time or, or effort spent on that is sort of like would be taking away from what they're doing mm-hmm. here. But I think that when our children see us engaging with the things that God has gifted us with, mm-hmm. are made to that we are made to do, the things that um, uh, help us, you know. Um, speak our either our praise or our lament or our confusion or whatever the psalmist you know the things that help us tell the truth about who Mm -hmm. we are so art making can really i think enhance our parenting uh and it's all part of the the river that you're in you know Mm -hmm. and and I remember just Andy saying to me many times, uh, what it, what would it look like for you to bring your vocate, bring vocational weight, give vocational weight to parenting? Mm-hmm. And I would say to a lot of the moms that I know, a lot of the songwriters that I work with, they they maybe they wrote songs in college and uh, they used to be known for that. And then along the way, they lost that. They lost mm-hmm. that part of themselves. And I. I always just encourage them that this, your kids seeing you make some, set aside some dedicated time to the things that you love is good modeling for life, for Mm -hmm. their life. 
if we are always just sort of responding to the tyranny of the urgent, you know, and and the and reacting to everything and never sort of taking time. I mean, these are just deeply formative spiritual practices. When you think about it, art making is a spiritual formation practice. Mm -hmm. And when we make time for that and, and our children see us making time for that, I think it's 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 beneficial across the board. And then they are going to make time for their own callings, their own uh, time of stillness, their own, you know, give space for contemplation, for spiritual you know, practices. And mm -hmm. when those things become rhythms in, in your life and in your family, um, I think it's just a beautiful, a beautiful thing. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, you know, I think one of the things that, um, mom suffers from our mom guilt because like you said earlier they feel like you know they have to pour everything into their child and there's nothing wrong with that but you know like you said you know we're all being gifted in different ways and god has given us this, that gifting to be used um for his glory and and i love it because you said about being a model. And when your child sees that, they're able to apply that for themselves. Mm -hmm. And when they realize what their giftings is, they can spend that time in nurturing their gifting mm -hmm. because they've seen their mom do that. So I love what you said. I, I thank you. And so then how has being a mother influenced your approach to creating music? I mean, like Sandra said, the the material of life is what I'm writing about. And so I can't fathom what my art would be without my kids, without the input of their, the riches of my real life are, are the lessons that I'm learning and that kind of thing are what make the music work, you know? Um, and so a lot of times my, it's my marriage, it's reflecting on my family and, and just like, um, uh, not not just sort of the experiences of of motherhood. I mean, all the the nuances, but just like the the pathways that we all walk down. So everyone in humanity has, like, for instance, send a, sending our kid to our son to college. Um, every single you know, there are millions of billions of people have gone before me in sending a child out of the home, you know, mm -hmm. even if it's not to college, but to, to life, you know, like billions of people have experienced that. But for me, it's the first time. So I'm on a well-worn path, but this is my first time down that path. Mm -hmm. And I think I, uh, I look to other mothers. I look to other exemplars to help me, you know, what did right. you do? And we can't feel those feelings until we're doing it. We can try to think about what will that be like, but we just can't possibly know. And so the experience of that lived, that lived experience, uh, I can't really write an informed, uh, fully emotionally em embodied song until I've sort of, I've lived that. And I think when I do that, and when I do that on into my late forties here, and if I, as I continue on into my fifties, um, I've always said, you no, not. Uh, I felt like God was telling me there aren't. Um, there are enough ears, I guess. There, uh, there is not. It's not a com competition in the sense that a lot of artists wonder, well, who will hear this? Who will, who will see it? Who will respond? Mm -hmm. And I think the making of it in and of itself is worthwhile, even if the audience, I can't control who hears it. Mm -hmm. I can do things and try to get it out there, but I can't control that part. But my process of making it is going to, uh, it helps me move on to, to the next place. And so, um, yeah, so it's this mutual, it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship yeah. with, 
the music and the experiences that happen that I need. And God is in in that, in that he is trying to awaken my kingdom imagination. You know, uh, he's trying to invite me into a deeper understanding of, uh, of not just my own life, but of my neighbor's life. Mm -hmm. And so the more I live, the more I experience, the more capacity for empathy I have. Um, And then if I write about that, I find that it goes out to other women who are sending their kids to college and needed a song to process that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what am I feeling? What am I? So that kind of ecosystem of, of the artists and the listener and the, and the, the family, the, that real embodied life that you have is all, it's all part of, of the whole. Yeah. Right. It's so true because you can't control who listens to it, you know, because I mean, I'm a filmmaker and I can't control who watches uh, the things that I make or, you know, uh, or who's listening to this podcast. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you're right. As long as you are doing what God has called you to do and um, creating this outlook for yourself, um, you're not just molding yourself as a person, as a woman, but as well as being a mother. Mm-hmm, definitely. So, you know, tell me, like, how do you translate your artistic abilities to your children? I mean, are, do they have interest at all in music and or worship? Uh, can you yeah. share a little bit about that? I um I wrote a song called Signal and my my music tends to not be more like it's not corporate worship it's more singer songwriter it's just the mm-hmm. way that it comes out of me um but my uh my son is into like electronic music and dubstep and different you know like um uh using like samples and different things like that and so uh, and it's such a world apart from the kind of music <laughs> that I make which is more like Paul Simon you know yeah, singer songwriter yeah, yeah. And so one day I was walking through the living room and Kirby was sitting on the couch and he was working on, uh, you know, like make, creating some samples and things like that. And I realized that he was at that at that age, I was doing the same thing, but at the piano, you know, with as a singer songwriter. And I just had this this picture of him like a little radio station with his little with his broadcast going out and he was attempting to like broadcast something, put something into the world. And I was really moved by this, this image of him on the couch doing what I had done when I was 17. Mm. Um, and like trying to put put music into the world and my in my thoughts and my feelings and my questions and everything. And uh, so I just I wrote this song called Signal, where I said, um, your heart goes out, I can hear your song, the signals getting stronger. Um, there's no cliche when I hear your song, the signals getting stronger. And that just that as he grows into the person that he will be, his art making and the what he puts into the world will just continue to develop mm-hmm. um, into a voice, you know, he will have a voice in the world. Um, and again, we can't control what that I have no idea what that will look like for him. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's just it's I wanted to say to him, I hear you, I hear your little radio station, and it's meaningful to me. And it's not a cliche. And I think a lot of us can feel like, well, everything's been said, you know, I'm not there's nothing new. I'm not I'm not adding anything new. Um, there's so many books, there's so many films, there's so much so many CDs or records. And I think we that is a debilitating message that has to be sort of beat off with a stick because it matters. It matters that we engage, that we continue to sing in the bridge of that song. I say, um, it's all been said, but don't be afraid to throw back your head and sing Mm -hmm. anyway. So Mm -hmm. 
even though I wanted to send this message to him, like, go and do it, do it no matter what, like, why wouldn't you? Um, my daughter just started a little YouTube channel where she's doing painting and things like that. And I oh, told wow. her, right, she was worried about followers and things like that. And I said, you just can't start from there. You can't start from who will, the question can't be how many people will see this or, right. or you know, how can I get more followers? Your question has to be, I told her, if you're faithfully working on something and you're in your corner of the world and you're being creative and you're being thoughtful about developing that, mm-hmm. then when someone comes by you, they're going to find something meaningful. They're going to find that you've been putting in the time to create something meaningful. So what's meaningful to you? What do you feel is praise? What do you feel is worship? What do you feel is lament? What are your questions to put into the world? Do that faithfully. And then when people find you, they'll find something to resonate with. Mm. Um, and so, you know, we're all just sort of like, uh, yeah, we're all broadcasting it at some right. level. <laughs> right. Now, you know, when you first, this is probably many, many years back for you, when you first became a mother, did you ever have any thought where you can't go back to songwriting or you're like, how am I going to find this time to write music? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, um, so I was already on the road when I had my first, was pregnant mm-hmm. with my first. I was already out touring and on, you know, stuff was starting to happen on radio and stuff like that. So I, it was all kind of happening at once for me. Um, and I had to, I remember talking to my mom and saying, you know, I, mom, I, maybe I'll just come home and not, not do this anymore. Now that's talking about it, it as a career, not just even as a hobby, but I I was talking to my mom, maybe I need to just like, is this just my ego that's saying to pursue this? You know, my husband was my manager and my drummer. And my mom just said, you know, Sarah, women work and my mom had worked. She was an educator. And that's a whole other conversation about that. You know, I Mm -hmm. obviously, all the moms are working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the moms are Absolutely. working. So it's not about when, when those, that language uh, really doesn't serve us very well. But, um, but anyway, but having a, a vocation, you know, uh, outside of the home, which for me, my home was coming with me. So we, we ended up trying to make decisions that created a whole piece, like to not just consider the, but the message my mom was saying is that women all over the world are working. You know, if you've traveled at all, you see it in every manifestation, you know, um, some, some are farming, some are, you know, make, they're making it happen. There, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things that, that, that women are doing to um, the, the Proverbs 31 woman. Right. Uh, and so my mom was saying, I see in you and Troy, a beautiful, like a calling. And if you're, if you're able to do that in a way that honors your family, then, um, then I wouldn't, I don't know that the right thing to do is just to like walk away from making music and mm-hmm. to, to like just solely do this, uh, this thing. But like I said to you earlier, Earlier, we when we started, uh, we are finite, and I did have to learn sometimes the hard way that every yes here is a no here, mm-hmm. and every yes here is a no here. We are finite, so what we try to do is to think about our life globally in in the way that what helped us move together. In so we, for instance, bought a bus. It was an investment. It was like at that point in our lives, but it helped us be together on the road, and so mm-hmm. that we were able to do what we were doing. But but stay together. Um, And so we've, you know, we ended up having basically this very uh, rolling stone life. (laughs) 
Yeah. And, and the kids came up that way. Now they missed, I, I would have that mom guilt, like massive amounts of mom guilt around. They're not having a normal upbringing. And I mm-hmm. had to realize that God was going to give us a, a different normal. Our, our normal was going to be just, it was going to be uh, something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I do think that um, thinking about what I'm modeling for the kids in, in even my you know, vocational life was, uh, was part of, of like a whole picture, you know, and, um, and yeah, it's interesting now because I'm, I'm later in it with, with a college student and a high school senior. And I don't, I don't believe in saying I have no regrets. I mean, I have a lot, I have regrets. I think I did some things well and I did other things poorly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and well, I mean, we're not perfect, Yeah, you know, but we try our best to do everything that we can for our children and for ourselves, you know? Yes. Yes. And I think that we, they have had experiences that are one of a kind experiences. Right. In, in An experience of, that, you know, no other children experiences it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so that I, I look back at it and I'm very grateful. I'm very mm-hmm. grateful that I didn't just walk away from, from all of it in, in, uh, at the same time, I, I tried to make it, integral, you know, make it really be connected, not be sort of disconnected. And I think for a lot of women, that is not an option. And that's when it gets hard when you're making, mm-hmm. when this yes is a no here. But I think that the creativity of like, for instance, I had a, a woman in my church who said, she came up to me once and she said, out of the blue, she just said, I, I used to drop my kids off for three weeks every summer. She was a, a cellist. And she said, I dropped my kids off at my mother's three weeks every summer and left them at, with my mother. And I went out and played the cello for three weeks, did all, did a, basically a concert tour uh, mm-hmm. for three weeks every summer. And she said, my son is getting married this next month. And his best man is his, his the person standing in for him is his grandmother. His grandmother is his best friend. So when we, when we do have a a mindset of like, okay, I'm nurturing, not just this relationship, but I'm going to build in. So the relationships that even that my kids had with, you know, we bring someone on the road to help us with road life. And that Mm -hmm. person was seen as like a tag team member of the somewhat part of the team. And to me, those relationships or their relationships with their grandparents or with other family members, um, we we very much had a village. You know, we were working with more than just uh, just isolated. The two of us are just me alone. And so I'm very grateful for that as well. And that's a reality for a lot of moms who are having to, you know, looking at uh, their creative lives or their work lives and their parenting. Mm. Now, while you were busy being a mother, were there any key ideas or creative process that may have shifted for you? I mean, I know you guys went on the road, but, you know, did you have to make certain adjustments or did any any creative process that may have shifted? I've read a few books on the brain and creativity and things like that. And the creative process, you have to let your, you have to let your self, it's like almost like a scuba diver. You have to let those thoughts kind of like get to a place deeper down Mm -hmm. uh, where, where the brain is making those kinds of creative connections happens after a little bit of time and space to, you know, like a little bit of solace. Mm -hmm. And if your phone rings or a child comes in and says, mom, I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) I have to go potty or whatever that scuba diver that is, that takes some time to get down, that scuba diver gets pulled up to the top. You, you go do that task, but you've been interrupted. And so 
I didn't have the uninterrupted space that I used to have when I obviously before I had kids, I had like uninterrupted space. I could let that scuba diver go down for hours, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I had kids, um, I had to work, my creative life had to happen in some of the the spaces in between interruptions. And Mm -hmm. I think that helped me um, just kind of become a better songwriter, really, in the sense of I, I have to really um, engage my brain in a way that's different than when, than before I had kids. And I think that, and my, and even my heart and ideas, I had to, when when it says to pray continuously, um, I had to bring my thoughts with me and not kind of, well, I'm going to sit down and have this dedicated time. No, I'm going to think about this in the grocery store. And I'm going to think about this in my coming and my going, I'm going to talk to my kids and develop these ideas. And a lot of the ideas that I'm writing about, I'm now I'm bouncing those ideas off my kids. I'm asking what they think about it and they're helping me in the, in the process. So Mm. I've taken my creative process to the streets. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's beautiful. I always kind of, you know, a friend of mine, we always chat and we talk about like how, as a mom, you have like a million things that you're thinking about, not just about mothering, but everything else right apart from what to cook and everything else but like what's next you know what Mm -hmm. are we writing next and what are we talking about next and and like the million of things just keeps going on and on and on and it just never stops and I mean I don't know about you but for me at the end of the day I'm just exhausted (laughs) yes but but it's true. It, it as a mom, it just makes you wired so differently because, like you said, as you're like a scuba diver, once you get pulled up, and then, and at that moment of time where you're down diving, you have to kind of maximize yes that diving time. Mm, yes, <laughs> right yeah. before you get pulled up again. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and it's so, a trick. Yeah, that's so true. You know. Um, I, I guess this leads me to this question. I mean, what are some practical ways would you suggest for moms to share their creative process with your children? I mean, I know you said you share, you ask, you know, your children um, what they think about it, but are there yeah. anything else? I, I love this. Um, there's a, a writer that I really like named Austin Cleon, and he writes about writing and about the creative process. So he's he's writing about the artist's life and, and the way that, like those kinds of things, how how we work. And um, he has a book called show your work. And so mm-hmm. a lot of us want to kind of hole up and finish it and then bring it out when it's finished. Mm-hmm. And he was basically saying, or, or says that part of the process should be showing your work. Like we did in, um, in elementary That's so school. hard. Yes. It's As very an hard. artist, it's very hard. I mean, it's hard for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I started, I have more conversations now with my husband and my kids where I say, I show them my work and I want mm-hmm. my kids to, a lot of these industries, I think you say your, your work in film, to a lot of people, those are just mysterious uh, fields, you know, that people don't understand how does the music get onto this record? You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How did you do that? And so to, I think to bring your kids along with the family business is a lost is kind of lost sometimes like parents go off to work and kids are just like in the dark what do you do you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um my dad taught at a college and he 
I would say, I don't, this isn't a knock on him. I think it was just the way culture works, but he did not share with us what was happening at work. He just left the, the house every day with a, a briefcase until I went to the school that he taught at and I had him as a professor. Oh, and wow. <laughs> all of a sudden my eyes were, oh my goodness, these are your passions. This is what you love. This is what resonates with you. And this was my own father. So for me to understand, it was a gift to me as his daughter mm. to see him in his field. And uh, if I ever got to visit my mom at school, she was an elementary school principal. I would watch her walk through the halls and get hugs after hug after. I mean, they loved Mrs. Colbaugh. They just are Miss Colbaugh. And so that did something to my heart as a child to see um, my mom is, and she would talk to me about her kids and she meant her students, you know, mm -hmm. she didn't mean us, but we would pray together for her kids. And she wasn't, I mean, she prayed for us too, but she wasn't, we knew we weren't praying for us. We were praying for all those kids that she was shepherding. Mm -hmm. So I feel so grateful that my mom would bring me into her work Mm. Talk to me about the different ways that you learn and different ways that you, you know, uh, different strengths that people bring to the learning process. So, um, yeah, I, th I think that that moms should be bold in sharing. I, I read this book years ago and sorry if I'm talking too much. No, no, totally fine. I read this book called The Art of Family, and it was um, not not necessarily from like a Christian perspective, but I really loved this premise that she put forward. She said, Every personality in a family comes to bear on the whole to make a family personality, to make a uh, like mm. your family ends up having a personality. And every child it, you add to that changes the personality of the family. And she talked about how her husband just loves one of his hobbies or, or things he loves is getting up on top of buildings. And so finding a way to get roof access to like they lived in New York. And so uh, they would do that. The whole family would find way, you know, like certain buildings would have roof access open and they would go and make a point of going because this is what dad likes to do. Mm -hmm. She really loved art. And so she said, you should bring your kids to the art museum, sit them down in front of the painting that you love and tell them all about it. So instead of feeling like, oh, I have to go over here privately and do the thing that I love, you know, mm -hmm. quietly and privately, you drag your kids, you know, and yeah, then ask, yeah, love that. ask them, what do you love? And then make the whole family sit down and listen to that child and what they love, you know, so that you're as a family, you're really affirming each other's passions and gifts and the way they see the world and the way they see God, the way they perceive and have wonder, you know, mm -hmm, these are important mm -hmm. processes for the whole family. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Now, what encouragement would you give to those moms who are struggling, uh, especially those who are artists? Yeah, I think one of the best um, things for mother guilt that helped me years ago was a book by um, Carol Kirkendall. She started, founded Mops. I used to do quite a oh, bit okay. of Mothers of Preschoolers. Mm -hmm. And she wrote a book called Five Star Families. And the point in the book was that kids don't remember moments. We, we, as moms, we get caught up in the moment to moment to moment. Was that a good moment? Was that a good moment? And we're overanalyzing every moment. And Carol just said, now, now as a grandmother, I can step back and see the kids don't remember moments. They remember patterns. Mm. So as a mom, you can ask yourself, and she had five, it was called five star families because she had five points. I don't remember two of them, but there was, do you have patterns of faith? Do you have patterns of play? Do you have patterns of love? And I can't remember the other two. It, it's a good book, but 
my the what I took away from that is a little bit relaxed shoulders and a little bit okay I do overanalyze my every interaction with my children. If I have a really bad day and I'm losing my temper or I'm like, you know, I have a monster mom moment or something, I have to look back and say, do we have patterns of play? Do we have Mm. patterns of faith? You know, uh, oh gosh, I'm not, I'm not like diving into scripture with my kids. Well, do we have patterns of faith, you know, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. have these patterns? And so, um, I think that we can get too much in the minutia of it and get really blow the circuits and and feel almost paralyzed in our mother mothering. So I would say that to the artist mom. And then I would say you bringing your whole self to your family is a gift to your family. Mm, Amen. And and taking time. So let's say you're not able to get the time even daily to get that scuba diver down. Maybe divide your year up. Think about it. Maybe maybe it's in half. Maybe it's in quarters. Mm -hmm. Are you getting away if you are an artist, are you getting away to be by yourself to do and pursue the things that you that you love and that you are you taking retreat? Are you finding spaces? There are so many retreat centers and even ones that are made for spiritual practice. Others are made for artists. Mm-hmm. Um, are you getting away and dedicating some time? So let grandma have the kids for a couple days. Their relationship will be strengthened. Um, even if you don't have family, you know, uh, let your your dear friend who has kids the same age, you know, maybe you guys do a swap and you and you have time, but are you committing time and are your kids seeing you investing in that time for you to be creative? So that that's that would be my word to the artist is that it's not a waste and it's not, it doesn't have to be, doesn't diminish what you're doing as a mom. I think it adds to the family dynamic. It adds to what you're bringing to your kids. Mm, that's great. Now, Sarah, we're almost at the end of the show, but is there anything else that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? Um, well, I have been talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Karen. been great. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I, I would just, m- most of all, when I see young moms, I want to say, you know, just be kind to yourself, you mm-hmm. know? Um, uh, and this is, um, to me, what, what I've learned over the years and the difference in my, definitely in my relationship with God is, um, my, like even my stillness time and things like that used to be uh, me sort of like making something happen or bringing something down or, having, yeah. you know, and, and now I feel like my, I feel like what God wants from me more is to remember what's already there. He's already, he's already moving to me towards me. He's already meeting me. He's already, mm-hmm. he's already at work in, I live and move and have my being I live mm-hmm. and move and breathe and have my being in him. He's already at work. And so when I'm still, I'm, it's less about uh, reaching and it's more about remembering and remembering what's already happening. Mm-hmm. He's already there. He's already doing the work. And, um, and then from that place, then going out and, um, and parenting instead of that, uh, we have so much ought and should and reaching and striving in our lives and, um, obligation and feel and things like that. And I, I just want less of that and more of, um, yeah, just really recognizing the moment I'm in and, oh, what, what God's already doing, uh, in my family. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing so many gem nuggets with us. 
Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. Yes. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guest. Most importantly, I hope you will find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.